It's time to unleash the expert. What is he an expert on? Relationships, sex, spirituality, and rediscovering yourself beyond the trauma. Get ready to unleash more purpose, passion, and pleasure in your life. Here's the expert himself, Mr. Brandon Patrick. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Brandon Patrick Show. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. Um, I have had... Well, before I get into that, I want to tell you about my women's group coming up starting January 4th. It's at, on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Mountain Time um, until 11.30 a.m. And I'm looking for women who are ready to do the work, women who um, don't want to live in the shame, in the trauma, in the grief. Maybe maybe betrayal has happened in your life, maybe not. Um, but if you're ready to just be free, to view life differently, to not be stuck in in some of those faulty core beliefs or some of those protective parts that are that are just creating the same thing over and over in your life, then come join me on this journey. It is a journey. It's one step at a time. We give each other support. You do hard things that create the shifts that you actually want in your life. Um, the process is about, well, it's anywhere from 12 to 18 months. Um, uh, there is a portion of it that is a, a plant medicine ceremony that's totally optional. You don't have to um, partake of that part of the experience if you do not want to. Um, there's other ways to do the deep healing trauma work beyond the plant medicine, but that is an option as well. So go to the brandonpatrickshow.com and there's a tab right at the top that says the healing journey. Click on that, fill out an application. And uh, I'd love to have you in group. So hopefully I see you on the 4th um, of January. All right. I have uh, a topic that is just like, sometimes the world just sends things to me that I can't avoid. Uh, It hits me in every direction. Um, Maybe I I don't even want to talk about it that week, but there's no way I can get around it. and that's how I, I do want to talk about this this week, but that's how it's been this week. This topic is coming at me from every direction. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, on my Therapy Brothers podcast with Tyler, we got a negative review um, from somebody who is very, I'll call them sex negative. <laughs> and they don't like the way I talk and, and me and Tyler talk about uh, sexuality. So we got that review. Um as I was setting up for this podcast, I had somebody send me um, a reel on Instagram from a, a doctor who was claiming uh, that any forms of masturbation for married people are absolutely unnecessary and wrong. Um, and I'm going to talk about that on this episode a little bit. Um, and then on Instagram, I also got, I posted a, a quote by Dr. Uh, by Dr. Justin um, Laymiller, and it says, sexuality is a natural and beautiful part of being a human. It's about love, connection, and pleasure. And great quote. I, I don't think many people would have too too much of a problem with that. Um, somebody did make a comment, and I don't think she was trying to be combative or anything, um, but it's interesting the comment that she made. It, it, it was a statement, not a question. She says, Supposed to be experienced in marriage between a husband and wife, though. That was God's design for it. 
So that's what I want to talk about today. Is sexuality, sex and sexuality designed to be between a husband and a wife? Is that how it's designed? And um, if it's not designed that way, then how do we look at that? Like, how do how do we grapple with that? Um, if it is if if we believe that it's designed that way, is there problems to that? Does it create problems in our lives? So, I'd ask you to hang in there with me through this as I talk about this, so you can see what I'm really saying and not just make quick judgments. Um, and it, you might actually be able to to hear what I'm saying if you if you hang in there rather than just disagree with it. Um, I hope I'll be able to explain some of these concepts. Um, <clears throat> so I've been working in an industry that is notorious for um, sexual self-rejection. And it's interesting because sex addiction therapists and sex therapists, they don't like each other that much usually because one is very sex positive and one is very kind of sex negative. Um, and, you know, as I've been in this field working with people, as I've been in a highly religious environment as well, um, what I've learned as I've just been here is that we are all sexual. And when we don't honor that and we don't embrace that, then it causes maladaptive behavior in our life. It, it creates problems. Um, and embracing sexuality and accepting sexuality, um, there's absolutely healthy ways to do that. And it's a beautiful thing to do. Um, one of the big fallacies is that sexuality is just designed for marriage. Um, and that I think it's a very one-dimensional way to look at it, is that sex is designed for marriage. When we talk about sex, I'm talking ab about something so much bigger than the act of penetration, than sexual intercourse. Um, sex and sexuality are so much more than sexual intercourse. And a lot of times what we're taught is that sexual intercourse is, is well, sex is just designed for marriage. And what that is, is vaginal sex where, you know, it's, it's just one way. And th that can be really problematic where sometimes only one partner gets to orgasm because you're only doing sex a certain way um, because that's what you're taught that that's what it should be and you keep everything all in the box sex is not one dimensional um, so we used to do <laughs> this is going to sound a little odd um, but we used to do this assignment where we would have um we would have the clients talk about their sexual fantasies. And what we would do is we, we would look at their sexual fantasies. And from that, we would be able to, to really find a lot of things. Um, their sexual fantasies oftentimes mirrored their shame and their shame screens and, and their protective parts um, in their lives. So let me give you some examples. Um, the really, really small, weak, person having the fantasy that they can dominate somebody. 
sexually. Um, the unloved abandoned person having the sexual fantasy that they can have uh, large orgies and sex with multiple partners at one time. Um, so their, their sexuality is trying to compensate for some trauma or something that's happened in their life. Um, it, it, that's really fascinating. If you start to analyze that a little bit and look at that, you start to realize that through our sexuality, it's a window um, into our soul in many ways. Um, if like you can see somebody's creative parts, who they are as a, as a creator, um, their artistic creation parts are, are very close to their sexuality. Um, you can see somebody's trauma, somebody's vulnerabilities, somebody's hurts, um, somebody's, somebody's beauty and, um, and full like vibrance you can see through their sexuality and all of that stuff happens not just when they're having sex with their partner um so when when i when i say that i'm talking about sex really really broad um when if I get a, 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 like I, I get dressed up and I just feel like a man and I feel confident and I feel um, like vibrant and um, ready to take on the world, I feel attractive. When I do that, my sexuality is a part of that. Um. I feel alive. I feel like I could reproduce. I feel good because I am I, I am feeling that way. I'm feeling attractive. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's sexuality at play. Okay. Um there have been wars fought because of sex. There have been cities built because of sex. There have been beautiful masterpieces of art made because of sex. Um, there have been businesses built. Full economies have been built because of sex. Um, just incredible things. The motive has been sexuality and sex. If sex is just between a man and a woman, then how in the world did all that stuff get created? Okay. Um, my children are young and they are very sexual. They touch their genitals. They run around naked. They think about sex. Um, they talk about sex. Not as much as I want them to because I'm always trying to talk to them about sex. But um, but they are sexual beings and they are hopefully far from getting married. I hope, I hope so. And the, the overarching message that I give to them about their sexuality is not... Don't do that. Save that until you're married. Uh-uh. Our sexuality um, is a part, a, a very, very important part of who we are. Our sexuality is unique. 
my sexuality is not like anyone else's. It's kind of like our fingerprint. Um, it's so unique to me. It's like my personality. It's a part of me um, from the, the, the depths of who I am. Um, it w- it's both influenced by the stimulus that I've gotten in this world and just by who I am. So it's nurture, it's nature, um, but it, it's just me. And it's awesome. Now, certain certain people can see certain parts of that, and certain people don't have the right to see the parts of that that I, I don't want them to because they haven't earned that right. Okay. Um, so my wife sees the most of my sexuality. And that's because I choose to do that with my wife. However, my sexuality, and this is an important point, my sexuality is independent of my relationship with her. Okay? Um, My sexuality is me first and foremost. And then I share that with her and we share that together. Okay. So when we say sex is saved for marriage, what we're saying is I'm not, you know, I'm going to pretend like I'm not, not sexual, going to keep it all in a box. Uh, you know, I'm just going to like pretend like these erections never happen. Uh, you know, no other, no other arousal happens. But when I get married on the wedding night, I'll unleash it all. And then uh, once in a while, you know, when I'm sexual, I'll have sex with my wife and that's my sexuality. Uh, nope, not how it works. Okay. My sexuality is me. It's it's a part of who I am. It's unique. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And now I get to share it with somebody who I choose. Hopefully it's healthy. There's a difference between healthy sex and unhealthy sex. Hopefully it's healthy. Hopefully it's safe. Hopefully it's consensual. And hopefully it's a lot more than just the physical act of gratification. Um, hopefully it's that. But I get to do that. I get to bring my sexuality to the table that's there if I'm in a relationship and there before I'm in a relationship and there regardless. It's infinite, it's eternal, and it's there. And we don't just save it for marriage. We honor it and acknowledge it. And we choose what we want to do with it depending on our circumstance. Some people choose to take their sexuality and go have sex with a bunch of people. Some people choose to take their sexuality and not do that. Okay. Um, Some people choose to take their sexuality and create other things with it. Um, And it's not just about sexual intercourse. Um, I talk about arousal template a lot, and I think I'll just explain that just a little bit. Um, when you think of a template, like think of a painter's template, um, and there's a bunch of different colors there. There's a palette. Think of a, a painter's palette. There's a bunch of different colors there, and you can mix some colors and and have some uh, other colors, and um, on that template it can create all kinds of things. I can paint all kinds of things with it. But there's certain things on that template for me and for everybody else. And 
in my opinion, our arousal template, like I said earlier, is both naturally in us and it is produced by what we what we are um, what we experience in life. Um, if I'm aroused by certain things when I'm young, then I I have that those things turn me on. Those things get me going. Um, and so everyone's arousal template is unique. Um, some people's arousal template is purely heterosexual. Some people's arousal template is further to the side of homosexual. Um, some people's right in the middle. Some people are attracted to tall people. Some people are attracted to short people. Um, and I could go down the line, all different characteristics and, and uh, you know, things on the arousal template are not just physical. It's also personality. Um, it's, it's relational. So when I'm in a relationship with a ter- certain type of person, I b- might be more sexually attracted to that person because of who they are with their personality and mixed with their physicality. And so like all of that together is what's, what's attractive to a person. Um, Our arousal templates, uh, our spouse cannot hit every, like tick every box on your arousal template. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Um, there's things on your arousal template that your spouse is not. Okay. Um, it doesn't mean that that's not on your arousal template. All right. Um, another thing to think about sex for a minute. What in our lives is, it's all these things. It's physical. It's emotional. It's spiritual. It's relational. Um, is there anything that's more an expression of self than sex? And, and, and I do, I I do agree with, we save that, um, for like, like that, that expression, that full expression of sexuality and self. I think it's good to save it for a time when, when you are safe, where there's commitment, where, um, all of those things are in place. I choose to only have sex with my wife. Um, and and that's part, I feel like my sexuality can fit into that with her. Um, and we can talk openly about it and vice versa. Um, but my sexuality is not just for my marriage. Um, sexuality is very spiritual. And this might fly over the head of a lot of people. Hopefully not, because hopefully you've experienced that sexuality is very spiritual. You feel very close to God when you're in a very safe place and 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 being sexual, especially with another person where you're there's love involved. Okay, um, it's not just the physical act. There's so much more than that. Uh, sex is energetic. It's it's energy in motion and it's creation. What is more godlike than creation? Right. Um, so here's some of the problems with the the sex is only designed for when you get married and you have sex. 
um, it sends this message, this subtle message of um, sex is just about the act of sex. And so all the other stuff doesn't matter. And you need to figure out how to fit it in the box of having sex with your spouse. So some of the issues I see with this happen all the time. One thing that I've heard a gazillion times is, yeah, I was I was watching a ton of porn and I thought, well, when I get married and I can have sex, then that will go away. Um, and that expectation is there, but that's never what happens because the arousal template is so connected to the pornography now. Um, it, it's a different experience than having sex with your spouse. And so that expectation that I can use my spouse to have sex, to fulfill that need, and sex is just having sex, then that all just takes care of itself. That doesn't happen. Um, I see things like good girl syndrome um, really develop with this belief that sex is just for marriage. Um that especially for women that my sexuality is just you know for him to have sex with him only and you know what if i orgasm or if i experience things great i hope that happens there but if i don't then oh well like that's it like i guess uh, who you know who knows like and and the thing about a, a woman is her sexuality usually, and I am generalizing here, and I, I don't want to generalize too much because it's all so unique, but usually her arousal is a bit more complex than a man's arousal. And so if there's no exploration and understanding of sexual arousal from that individual, and they've just saved it just for marriage, and that's it, and that's all it is, then they may never they may never explore what they need to explore to understand their body um, so they can understand what full sexual expression, full sexual experience is. And if it's just like, hey, have vaginal sex, missionary style, and that's how you do it, then that's it. Then sex doesn't sometimes isn't really a fun thing. Just using your vaginal canal as your husband's dildo, basically. Sorry, you guys. This I better put a disclaimer on this episode. Um, don't listen to it too much with the young kids in the car. <laughs> um, yeah, not cool, not fun. Um, I get married and good. I get to be used, and that's my sexuality. Not not okay. Um. It leads to things in marriage like this. When I was saying earlier that your spouse can't hit everything on your arousal template, um, there's this, it, when this is taught that sexuality is only for marriage, then it sets up a couple um, for some some nasty stuff. You're attracted to her, but you're married to me. You're attracted to him, but you're married to me. Can you be attracted to the other person and be married to them at the same time? Absolutely. Can you be attracted to something else and be faithful to your spouse? Absolutely. Um, but with this expectation that sex is just between the two in the marriage, 
then it leads to this closing down and this belief that you have the ability to just have the attraction just to me. And that expectation leads to betrayal, which causes all kinds of problems. That expectation also leads to a lot of shame. What's wrong with me? I'm having sex with my spouse, but I still have these other feelings. I still have this other arousal template stuff going on. You don't need to go act on everything on your arousal template, okay? But the more you can be open and honest and authentic with your sexuality, the more you're going to be at peace, the more you're going to be known, the more intimate you'll be able to be with your partner because you can talk about who you are. You can be open about who you are. Owning it doesn't mean acting on it. I can own that this is who I am and this is what I like, but I can also choose to not act on it because I don't want those consequences in my life. But if somebody if somebody listens with no judgment and hears that, that in and of itself is intimate. That in and of itself is, is making love and connecting just because you listen to me with no judgment. And it doesn't mean I'm going to go off and hurt you and cheat on you and do all these things because I... I, because I have this inside of me. I'm just talking about what's on my template, who I am. And I could explore, like, why is that on my template? Where does that come from? What trauma do I have? What experiences have I had? That's fascinating. With a partner who's really safe. With a partner who believes that sexuality is just hers to own or his to own, and how dare you have anything else on it other than me causes problems. Okay. Um, sometimes I feel like when I talk about this, I'm misunderstood. And the one-dimensional people who think that sex is just between a man and a woman in marriage, um, they 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 judge this this belief and these thinking as unrighteous, as bad, as not of God. If our sexuality is just designed between myself and my wife, um, I lived my life pretty well. I, you know, I was I was a good boy. Why then did God not make me be non-sexual until I said I do, and then let the floodgates open? Why did God make me be very sexual when I was twelve years old, when I was thirteen, when I was fifteen? Why? If if it's designed to just be between a man and a woman, why did God make us so sexual and have our sexuality be, be a part of, of everything that we are? Now, I, I can hear some people saying, really, I don't have any desire. Like, I have no libido. I don't know what Brandon's talking about. My guess is that it's there. Um, but it's behind a lot of things. Might be behind some pain, maybe behind some physical pain, emotional, spiritual, relational. Um, fear is is like burying it so deep that it feels like it's not even there. But your se- sexuality is there. I think Freud. Now Freud is like Mister Sex is everything, right? That everything that we ever do is because of sex. Uh, Freud he made a. a comment something to the effect of 
the only the only disordered sex is if you're not having it um and so that that's really something to think about like if you are completely shut down as a sexual being then my guess is that you're struggling with some depression um or or some other some some other thing because you're not living a full wholehearted life experience and so you're going to have some shutdowns start to happen as a result. And so doing the work in order to find your sexuality is really important so that you can fully live, so you can fully experience life. Now, I'm all about boundaries. I'm all about uh, commitments, loyalty, fidelity. Um, that I'm all about that. Like, that, that's some good stuff. I believe in that stuff. Can we hold the dialectic together of full sexual self-acceptance and boundaries and structure and commitments? Can both live in the same house? Or do we have to go to the extreme of shut it all down and just focus on me? Or go nuts and do whatever the heck you want and don't have any limits or boundaries? If you shut it all down and just focus on me, chances are some acting out is going to happen sideways or underground or in, in a, a way that you don't want it. Okay. So you guys, I'll wrap this up for now. Um, I hope this was helpful. Sex is not designed to be between a husband and a wife. Sex is part of who you are. Um, it's part of who all of us are. And it's one of the most amazing things that God created. Have a good day, you guys. We'll see you.